Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker, and I am super glad that you're joining me on this episode. If you are a regular listener of the Bible and Life, man, we have been exploring some really helpful things, at least in my mind, to really walking with Jesus and living as a disciple of Jesus. We've been packaging that uh, under the idea of living a Jesus-centered life. And so I hope that's been helpful to you and encouraging to you. If this is the first time you have stumbled onto this podcast, uh, I would encourage you not only to listen to this episode, but maybe even go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes in this series on living a Jesus-centered life. And if you find it helpful, man, just dig through the archives and find other episodes and uh, jump in. Our goal, our heart here on The Bible and Life is to provide what I like to call blue jeans theology. That is Bible teaching, theology that is down to earth, that's rooted in the context of everyday life, that's spoken in the plain language of everyday life so that we can actually live as disciples right in the midst of our everyday life. And that's the goal. That's the heart behind all of this. And so whether you're a regular listener or a first-time listener, I'm glad you're here. And I hope this stuff is really helping you live and grow as a disciple of Jesus. I also want to mention that I have a bunch of other resources on my website. You can check those out. But in addition to that, I also have another podcast called The Listener's Commentary on the New Testament. And basically, it's like an audio commentary. If you're familiar with a commentary, a commentary teaches as a book, straight through books of the Bible, piece by piece, chunk by chunk, verse by verse. Well, I wanted to create an audio version of that, so I've created the listener's commentary on the New Testament where I teach straight through books of the Bible. I've got 11 New Testament books done. I'm in the midst of the 12th, and that 12th book is the book of 1 Peter, and there is just a wealth of helpful stuff for us as Christians in the world today in the midst of 1 Peter that can help us just figure out how to live our lives as followers of Jesus in a world that doesn't always support or value, and it's sometimes even hostile to the Christian faith. So that's First Peter on the listener's commentary. I would encourage you to check that out as well. All right, let's jump into what we want to talk about on this particular episode of The Bible in Life. We, as I said, have been working through various things related to living a Jesus-centered life. And we've mostly been talking about sort of the big picture of that. What are What does that mean? What does that look like? What are some of the scriptural basis for that? In this episode, I want to begin to shift towards just some of the application of that. How do we do that? How do we live out some of the things we've talked about in earlier episodes in this series? And uh, as we said in last week's episode, the essence of a Jesus-centered life, as summarized by the Apostle Paul, is Jesus equals life, and life equals Jesus, right? Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we explored the context of that, what's going on in Paul's life, and how then that intersects with our life in last week's episode. Well, when we take that phrase and say, okay, to live a Jesus-centered life means that Jesus is my life and my life is Jesus. Well, that means, if we're going to say that, then that means not some theoretical life, not some idealized life. That means my actual life, right? Like not life as in some abstraction or generalization, but my actual my actual, real, down-to-earth, concrete life, and your life. Like, Jesus is life, and my life is 
Jesus, my real life, uh, my true life, my concrete everyday life. And by that we mean the time and the responsibilities and the activities that our life actually consists of. That needs to be focused on, tied up with, pointed towards, flowing out of our connection to Jesus. So what are some of those things? What are some of the things that make up our actual life? Well, let's I'll just start with me, right? Like I'm I'm a husband. So I have responsibilities to my wife and to my marriage. I'm also a father and a grandfather. And even though my kids are grown and married and don't live at home, that doesn't mean there's no relationship or no responsibilities. I still have responsibilities for those things. In fact, at the time of this recording, all four grandkids were here for most of the day today, right? Like there were responsibilities. There was helping with uh, lunch and uh, dealing with some conflict. And I had to run to the store because we ran out of milk and, you know, a one-year-old needed milk, right? And so there are responsibilities. I'm a son. I'm a brother. Um, there's tasks around the house. Spring is coming. And in the area where I live, what that means is all of a sudden I've got yard work to do that I've got to get ready. And I've got bushes to trim. I've got uh, trees to trim. I've got lawns to get ready to mow and all that sort of stuff. So there's tasks around the house. There's money and finances and bills to pay. Um and, right, like, I've got all of that i got to deal with, and how am I going to do that? There's work, whatever our work is, and maybe you work a traditional job, maybe you're the boss, maybe you're self-employed, maybe you're a mom who works at home taking care of the kids and the house and everything with that, right? Like, there's work to be done. We have friends, we have neighbors, and there's church, right? Like, you get the point. When we talk about our real everyday life, there's all the stuff, the tasks, the responsibilities, the activity, the time that makes up our real actual life. We have various roles and responsibilities that we play. So when we say to live is Christ, what does that entail for our real everyday life? Well, let me offer an image, an image that I think begins to help us think through how we can live a more Jesus-centered life, all right? So here's the image. I think it's familiar to most of us. It's the image of a bicycle wheel. Picture a bicycle and picture, say, the front tire on that bicycle. And obviously you have the, uh, the rubber tire around the rim, and then you have the rim, then you have all the spokes, and all those spokes are connected to the hub. And so from the the rim to the hub, you have all these spokes. Well, here's the image I want you to think about with that. As you picture that bicycle wheel, I want you to think about all the different roles and responsibilities you play as the spokes of that wheel. Um, and often we think of well, Jesus equals life as having to do primarily with our religious life or our spiritual life, right? And oftentimes we tend to think of specifically religious activities. So if I were to ask somebody as a pastor, right, like, how's your spiritual life lately? They typically would answer with um, church activities and reading their Bible and praying. Um, 
And that's good. That's helpful. And they would evaluate their spiritual life based on how those things are doing. Man, I just have had a really hard time getting to church lately, or I just haven't been reading my Bible and praying. And so they would say their spiritual life isn't going very well. Or man, church has been great. I've been super involved. I'm part of a really great small group. I've been reading my Bible pretty consistently throughout the week and praying and talking to the Lord. But I just feel like my spiritual life is just really doing great, right? That's often how we think about it. Well, picture this bike wheel and picture all those spokes, those spokes represent the roles and responsibilities of your real everyday life. And the hub of that bike wheel, that all the spokes come from the rim too, that hub represents Jesus. So think of the hub of the bicycle wheel as Jesus himself, and then think about the spokes connecting to Jesus and the spokes connecting to the rim. And in a bicycle wheel, that bicycle wheel will run true if all the spokes are properly attached to both the hub and the rim. And they're attached at the proper tension and all of that, right? So as if you have a spoke that's busted off and not attached to the hub, right, or something like that, then that bike wheel is going to, you know, wobble. Or if a spoke is loose and not really properly connected to the hub, that bike wheel is going to wobble. Then it's going to drag on your brakes and your bicycle is not going to roll very well because the wheel isn't going to roll smooth because the spokes are out of alignment. And that's why I think uh, this analogy of the bike wheel is helpful. When you think about all those spokes as being properly attached to the hub and the hub being Jesus, that helps us think through, oh, if I am actually going to say Jesus is my life, like to live is Christ in my actual life, then what are the various spokes of my life and are they properly attached to Jesus? So if you're married, um, that's a spoke. Well, what is Jesus' will and Jesus' way for you as a husband or you as a wife? Um, if you want to live a Jesus-centered life, well, then you would want to listen to Jesus on that and begin to tune that spoke to Jesus' will and Jesus' way. And that means we would do, you know, what Jesus and his spokesmen say in the Bible about being a husband or being a wife. So, for example, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and following addresses husbands and wives. Or 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 uh, addresses husbands and wives. So, if I want to tune that spoke, I would begin to read through and study those passages, and I would begin to figure it out. Okay, I'm a husband. Ephesians 5.25 tells me that I need to love my wife like Christ loved the church and laid his life down for it. So what would it look like for me to lay my life down for my wife, right? Um, or vice versa, if you're a wife, you would look at what's said there and you would say, okay, how do I actually live that out? How do I tune that spoke so it's properly attached to Jesus so that my life is centered on him? And then you just begin doing it. And then if you find there's a piece of what Jesus says in this case about being a husband or a wife, if you find a piece of that that you don't really know how to do or you struggle to do, well, then you find somebody who can help you figure it out. And you begin to get some encouragement, some uh, advice and say, okay, how do I apply? I'm struggling here. How do I do that? And you, you begin to, or you look for concrete patterns. All right. So that's a spoke. What if you're single? You're not married. You're single. Well, then in your singleness, what does Jesus or his authorized spokesman, the writers of the New Testament, tell us 
uh, about using our singleness and carrying it out in a way that would honor Jesus. And how could we do that in a way that's properly tuned to him? Um, what is what do we do with that, right? And we can look at things like 1 Corinthians chapter 7 or others where that might have implications for our singleness. Or another spoke of our life would be money. We all have to deal with money and possessions and stuff. So what does Jesus say about what it means to have a healthy relationship to money and stuff? Well, and this is important because Society, whatever society or culture we live in, society has a lot to say on this topic all the time. It's always telling us things about money and stuff and about how to get it and how to use it and how it'll make us feel, right? And so it has a whole message about money and stuff. And we just absorb that through our whole society's approach to money and stuff. Well, if we're going to live a Jesus-centered life, then we're going to have to listen to Jesus and compare what Jesus and his apostles say to what culture says. And then we're only going to keep the things that agree with Jesus, right? Like, oh, culture says this, Jesus says that, those two are not the same. So, Culture's understanding has got to go. Jesus' understanding needs to stay. That's how we tune that spoke to make sure that it's properly connected to Jesus, who's the hub of the wheel of our life. So Jesus says, for example, even when you have an abundance, your life doesn't consist of your possessions. That's Luke chapter 12. Even when you have an abundance, your life does not is not made up of, consists of all the stuff you have. So having stuff does not mean having real, true, good, lasting life. What? I live in the United States of America. That disagrees with the vision of stuff in America. So I need to think through, okay, I've got to listen to Jesus on that. So uh, I need to make sure that I don't think that if I have more stuff, I'll actually have more life. Jesus says, for example, in the Sermon on the Mount, you can't serve God and wealth. Okay. That there's several implications of that, right? Like wealth wants to master us. It's a power that wants to control us. If it's going to be a master that you are enslaved to, then that means it has power. I have to remember that. And so I need to think that through. Okay, wealth has power and I can't serve wealth and God. So who am I going to be more uh, aligned with? Whose uh, way of life am I going to listen to? Who's going to be my master, right? Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Interestingly, that's not actually one of the sayings of Jesus in the Gospels. It's a saying of Jesus quoted in the book of Acts. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Do I believe Jesus on that? Or do I believe it's better to get more and more for myself and not give a whole bunch more away? Um, right? And yet at the same time, Paul, one of Jesus' authorized spokesmen, uh, says, uh, that God gives us all things to enjoy. So having stuff and enjoying it is also a part of having a proper relationship to assets. And we got to hold all that together in balance if the, the spoke of money and stuff is going to be properly connected to Jesus. You get the idea, right? Like, what about your job? How should we view our work? How does God view our work? How should we do our work? What if we have a difficult boss? How should we relate to them? Does Jesus and his spokesman have anything to say about work or school? What about your schooling and learning and how you relate to your teachers and your classmates? What about your sexuality? Culture has an awful lot to say about your sexuality. Where do you get your ideas about sex and sexuality from? Do you get it from Jesus and the Bible or do you get it from somewhere else? Or your neighbors? Um, 
What about the ones that are easy to get along with and the ones that are not so easy to get along with? Or our time and our schedule? Or what about entertainment? Um, so you get the idea. We have all these different facets of our life. So think of those as spokes in the wheel of your life. And Jesus, if you're going to live a Jesus-centered life, he's the hub of that wheel. And all these spokes have to be properly connected to and tuned into him. Being centered on Jesus means that we get our wisdom for life from him. And that means he, he's the hub of our life. And everything flows into him and everything flows out of him. And here's the thing. The fact is, Jesus is by virtue of his resurrection and exaltation as the Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus is, in fact, the hub of reality. In fact, uh, several times throughout the New Testament, you'll find these almost that feel like almost throwaway phrases, but they're not. It says everything was created by him and for him, or everything is from him and to him and through him, right? Those simple little phrases. And what they're saying is he's the hub of reality, that everything is centered around him already in the universe. Uh, in fact, Ephesians chapter 1 says this. The Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, in verse 10 says that um, regarding God's plan of the fullness of times, here's the phrase I want you to pay attention to, to bring all things together in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. That phrase translated to bring all things together is actually one word in Greek. And it's the word of like summing everything up in him. That he's the hub of reality and everything revolves around him, derives from him, uh, is for him, is connected to him. And so when we begin to make Jesus the hub of the wheel of our life and connect everything to him, what we're actually doing is we're living in sync with the way the world, the universe, really is. We're living in sync with reality. Now, at present, it's a contested reality, right? It's a contested reality because there's still the old age that's passing away, and then there's the age of heaven that is already broken into the here and now by virtue of Jesus' resurrection and exaltation. We live during the overlap of the ages. So it's a contested reality, but it's reality nevertheless. And someday, um, Jesus will return, and Jesus will be all in all. And so when we make Jesus the hub of our life by connecting all the spokes of our life to him and listening to him, what we're doing is we're aligning ourselves with the way things actually are. We're aligning ourselves with the way the universe is designed to operate, with the way we're designed to operate, and with the way all things someday eventually will operate. And so... Uh, my encouragement to you and to me is, if we want to live a Jesus-centered life, then let's begin looking at, uh, take a spoke, uh, particularly a spoke maybe where you're feeling some tension. Take that spoke and say, okay, what does Jesus say about that? How can I learn his teaching and his truth on that? And then begin to try to put that into practice. And then uh, take another spoke and say, what does Jesus say about that? How can I begin to put that into practice? And again, if we find an area where it's like, okay, I'm putting it into practice, but 
uh, I have this place where I'm just really struggling either to know how to put it into practice or I keep stumbling and falling and, and uh, struggling really bad in this one place to put it into practice. And then we get some help. We find uh, a spiritual friend who can come alongside us and help us maybe diagnose why we're struggling there or maybe give us the information we need so we understand what Jesus would want there. Um, they give us insight into maybe our history and our past and our habits and they suggest ways that we, we could actually begin to organize our life in such a way that we become the kind of person who routinely and regularly does the things that Jesus would want us to do. That's the goal. That's what we're after. All right. So I hope that helps at least begin to think through how it is you and I can live more fully Jesus-centered lives. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. Thanks to all of you who make this ministry possible by your generous donations and support. Couldn't do it without you. So thanks a ton. Blessings on you. May the Lord bless you for it. If you want to join the team of supporters, there's a link down below where you can do just that. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week in Christ, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.